hope you enjoy this other volume of the Toy Trauma Awesome Mix, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Moving into Guardians Volume 2, something I loved was that the way that we we delineate these movies is which mix are we listening to. Exactly. At the end of Part 1, he opens the present, finally, that, that he never opened all he these years before. He has the courage, before. right? He has the courage. Um, and he finds a whole other tape with a whole other mix from his mom that she had made for him. And that's the first song. Uh, that's the last song in the movie is the first song in Volume 2, is uh, Jackson 5. I want you back. That's what Groot's dancing to. That's actually. So even built in, he's got it tied together, James Gunn, like brilliant. Um, So another figure we we mentioned, we didn't mention as missing was Yondu. Yeah. But we do get a Yondu for the volume two wave. I think it's kind of, um, it's it's acceptable that we didn't get Yondu in the first movie because he's kind of a, a minor character. He is arguably he's not a, a villain. He, he is for Quill. Quill's running away from him for the majority of the movie until the very end. But like every time Yondu catches him, Yondu is just comes up with an excuse for him to let get away. I think you know? you're looking back with it with knowing. But like when that film first came out, Yondu was until the end of that he was a hundred percent a villain. Hmm. That's and, not how. That's not how I saw it. And 100 percent a badass with that whole whistle. With oh, he was those, he was terrifying in the, part two when when we finally that was get a to great see, setup. Like, why are you scared of an arrow? Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, you see like he just like takes out a whole squad of uh, Chitari. That was a Yondu. Speaking about Yondu, uh, what an interesting reimagining of that character. Oh yeah. The the original Yondu from the comics is just so different. Yep. He's a Cree guy in like He's an archer. He ha- literally has a bow and uses arrow. A bow and arrow. And literally just has a giant ass mohawk. Yeah, yeah. And but then to turn him into this brilliant pirate. on James Gunn part, He's right? awesome. He's yeah. great. Uh, Such a great character. And, and I love Michael Rooker so much. Yeah. He's he's an amazing guy. Uh I I wish you know, well, we'll we'll get to it in just a well, minute. Well, let's here. talk about the toys first here and then we'll go to the film. How about that? Okay. Yeah, that's so, fine. So we do with Marvel Legends get the Yondu figure. Um, and the bath for this wave was Mantis, which is kind of puzzling. I don't, I, well, it's puzzling that she was a bath instead of a normal figure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, but I, when you look at Hasbro now, you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what would have been a better bath for them to put? Because that, that wave is the bath for that wave to should the, have been Ronin. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, they should, they but, should have. But that's for this is for the second movie. Ronan's not in the second movie. But they should have. We needed him, right? They, we I would didn't I have him. Would have liked to have him for sure. It should have been Ronan, or um, they did a. I don't think they had done a movie Thanos by then. No, they were probably saving him for yeah for Infinity War. But what I'm what I'm thinking of is there was this was before they fully committed to doing Taser like, Face. Oh, I would have loved the Taser, taser Face. Toy. Yeah, that would have been. We're great. missing a Taser Face. The bath should have been fucking Taser Face. Um, it would have been cool to get like maybe one of the like big monster Ravagers or something. But like Taser Face fits yeah. that. Yeah, 
That would have been a cool one. Uh, it definitely doesn't make sense to have such a tiny figure be your Build-A-Figure. Exactly. feels very unsatisfying yep. to finally finish your Build-A-Figure, and it's smaller than all the other figures. But aside from that, I think that's one of the best, most cohesive waves yeah. of Marvel Legends that they've ever done. May okay, so I own... I bought the bath from you. I bought the Mantis bath from you. Oh, yeah? And one reason why I didn't buy that wave is because I was so happy with my first wave, except for Gamora. I bought Gamora. Yeah. And I needed a Nebula. They finally made a Nebula. That Nebula is Which who we flawless, left out of missing dude. from our first That's true. Wave. Yeah. I think I think that my brain is like, well, we have one, so I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Leaving out Nebula was a big deal because she's a very important character yeah. in the first movie. So the first wave left out a lot of great and essential characters the second wave kind of made up for it you get your yondu you get your nebula still no ronin no i think the ronin should have been the bath a, a perfect gamora that that gamora figure is perfect so very, very good the gamora, drax yeah. is perfect i never looked at the drax i didn't um, even maybe not have the to rocket look, is perfect okay i have to look um, at the rocket and the star lord is is a huge improvement um, the the only downside on the Star Lord, I would say, is that it doesn't have the long coat. Yeah, he has the like the shorter coat, but uh, and he doesn't come with the Walkman, which is a, yeah. a big down. But that that's one reason why I didn't buy it. I did buy the Ego Star Lord two pack. That one was excellent on well sale. Done. Those things went like on clearance for like ten bucks. I think like I think I bought two of them. They were they were uh, shipped way late. Yeah, they didn't arrive on shelves until the movie had, had was like out of theaters already. Yeah, um, and I, I eventually bought around fifty of those for four dollars a piece. Fucking so. hell, <laughs> it's not a great. Um... The the Star Lord is almost entirely reuse. Yeah, um, the only difference oh is God. he's wearing his little alien T shirt. You know the the, yes. the T-shirt with the alien words, Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah, Kurt Russell. But the Kurt Russell is serviceable. It, I I would argue it's great by yeah. Marvel Legends standards. It's great. Uh, the only complaint is that the he comes with two heads and you can barely tell a difference it's between not, yeah. them. Yeah. Um, the the big weakness of that two pack is that we got a a Peter Quill that we basically already had. Already had. It's just him with his jacket open and you can see the little alien shirt that he has on. Um, Which I forget, but James Gunn drew that character. Oh, really? Yeah, like it was a because uh, he wanted to get a uh, he wanted to use Woody Woodpecker, oh. but he couldn't get it cleared. Um, so he made his own character up, and uh, yeah, that 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 alien writing they use, you know, in the in the Marvel universe that has some meaning too. I forget what it I is. remember seeing it translated somewhere, but I yeah. can't remember what it was. It's that's how I know like I'm slipping in my nerdiness because I I really don't give a fuck about translating that shit anymore. Oh, sure. I, I used cares? to be like Oliver, like pause, look <laughs> it up online. What does that one sign in the back say? Soda fountain. Wow, wow, that's cool. Okay, uh, but I my. I still think those are the best Guardians figures that they've made because it's their more personal outfits instead of the yeah. uniform. Like, I'm all for the uniforms. I think the new the, the uniforms in the new movie, I'm glad they did that. And obviously we'll talk more yeah. about that in a minute. But I, to me, the Guardians are much more iconic in their own gear. Give me, you know, yeah. uh, Gamora in her sort of swashbuckling yes. pirate gear. Yeah, that's she, what I like. Which transferred over to the Infinity Saga. There, there was probably like minor differences, but that's pretty much what she wore in the Infinity Saga. Yeah, I think so. I um, think so. I love that Yondu. I love that they gave us two head sculpts. Yeah. Wow. Both Hasbro uh, Marvel both Legends. Fins, right? Yes, exactly. The, yeah, it's so good. The only thing they have yet to do 
is give us his arrow. Well, he hasn't. No, he comes with an arrow. Just his arrow. They've got that little effect on it. Oh, it's not just a bare one. But he has a whole fucking holster, and you can't (laughs) just put his his unused I arrow. I forgot like, that it was permanently attached to the back of it. That's, yeah, yeah. that is a little bu- a bit of a bummer. And when they released Craglin with volume three, same thing. Oh, they reused He's got the, the holster, but no fucking arrow. So I'm like, God Boo, damn it, Hasbro. Hasbro. But, um, so we got a Yondu, which for ha- Marvel Legends and Hasbro is great. We got both those head sculpts, which yeah, we needed. That is a killer, uh, other than the, I hadn't even thought about the arrow thing. Yeah. Not thinking about that, it's perfect. But that arrow effect is great. Yeah, I still yeah. love it. Um, and then the face sculpt, he's he's making, he's blowing his lips, he's yeah, making a yeah. whistling. It's such a good face, Michael Rooker yeah. likeness too. So good. good. But we're still missing a bunch of figures from Hasbro. We no, like we said, yeah. no Taser face. I wanted, I, I had a lot from this movie that I well, wanted more of. Who else besides so Taser face? I, I would would have loved the Sylvester Stallone as the Ravager leader. I gotta guess he didn't sign his likeness rights. It over. probably would have been expensive. I gotta guess that. Uh, I also really want him in his like bootleg Iron Man gear from the from the last movie, from yeah. the third one. Um, obviously, you know how much I love Elizabeth Debicki, so I really want. The Aisha. That doesn't figure. make sense. We haven't even with volume three, we have not gotten Aisha yet. Yeah, and she was fairly important to or, the plot. Um or a sovereign army builder. Yeah. Them, you know, we haven't really seen them do anything other than like in the chair. But you know Hasbro and their cash grabs. It's That's kind our, of oh, ridiculous that they haven't You know they'll do that. For like the the tenth anniversary of Guardians uh, Volume Two, yeah. we'll get a sovereign in the little arcade chair. Oh, I hope so. With the little drone yeah, with their face great. uh that, that, that displays on it. I fucking love that scene so much. This huge <laughs> fleet of ships, and then you realize that they're 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 like just drones, they're just, and everyone's yes, yep. hanging out in the arcade. And they're all, they're all ba- not even the arcade. It's almost like they're at Soul Cycle or Peloton or something, right? <laughs> I didn't make that connection. They're That's just great. like, oh man, yeah. you know, they're like huffing and puffing. It's well, like, you know, like when they're when they get killed, it makes the like. So that's the arcade, and then when when they go through the like quantum asteroid field. Uh, and all the other ships are getting blown up, and there's one guy that's still alive, and everybody's everybody's gathered watching around. Them like they are in arcade. All yeah. I could think of was, oh, we got a Guardians kill screen coming up, everybody. Come on, <laughs> this guy's gonna, he's got a Guardians kill screen. It was, it was a great moment, and um, the payoff in Volume Three to even what you can almost say are throwaway characters. They're basically just there to kind of um help them out defeat ego at the end right yeah, yeah. like they 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 they're plot there's there's oh god i can't think of the word well they know. like they put throw a wrench into their plan to defeat ego it's like they yeah. were about to blow him up exactly. and then they show up and now you got to fight but these guys a, and oh god, ego there's a term for that they're they're plot device there you go yeah they're basically a plot device to to help save the guardians and help them defeat Ego at the very end because right. the Guardians couldn't do it on their and own. And it complicates things yeah. so that it's harder for them to to do what they were doing. Yeah. And yeah, it it, it but, they're they're important to the plot. But they pay off in Volume Three. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. James Gunn, to his credit, he doesn't give you anything really superfluous. No, no. I, um, I, just I to kind of wrap up your mini six figures, 
two vehicles and a playset here. Who else did you want from? So I wanted. Uh, I also wanted a uh, the space hookers. We, we have that lovely <laughs> scene space hookers, where they're yeah. all on the planet, and there's these like it's not clear if they're robots or if they're like cyborg women. It's, yeah, it's who knows. Uh, Pleasure bots. But you know, uh, they they lose the business of all the ravagers because they yep. were willing to fuck Yondu. Um, and then you know, there's a lot of cool alien ravagers. Uh, but the weirdest one I think that I came up with was uh, when Ego turns into David, David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. That <laughs> should have been the second head sculpt with that two pack. Oh, that would have been killer, dude. That was what that should have been. Just I just need to get a custom David Hasselhoff head sculpt, pop it on the Ego, and I'm good to go. Um. <laughs> you say Hasselhoff, but what I think you mean is um, Zardu Hasselfrau. <laughs> you mean Zardu Hasselfrau? Um, I love but, I love fake fake uh, mis- mispronunciations yeah. of people's names. You remember in the Last Action Hero when Arnold calls himself Arnold Braunschweiger? No, I did not remember that. But I'm, I need to rewatch. We gotta do a Last Action Hero. There's already toys. Uh, yeah, but they're not great. Um, what? Who did come through with the figures though is Lego. Yeah, Lego they got pretty her much back, gave dude. Lego gave us Naisha. Lego gave us a Ronin. Lego gave us a Taser face. Did we get uh did we get a Sylvester Stallone? Probably no. not. No. I, I those um, are some of the other sets that I had was the Ravager yeah. Attack, the Aisha's Revenge, and the Milano and the Abelisk. Abelisk. Um, which so the Milano versus Abelisk again, the Abelisk pays off in volume three. Made me so sad. I can't believe it's the, that movie. Right? They kill the poor thing, and then we realize it's just hungry. Yeah, I can't believe it's the only version we've gotten of this is a, a Lego form. Even it's Funko, horrible even too. Funko. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't look good. But that's a great little set. All these Guardian sets for Volume Two were very affordable. None was like as expensive as that first Milano set mm. from the Volume One. They did give you a, a scaled down. Um, Milano with the Ravager, I'm sorry, with the Milano versus Abelisk. So right, if you missed right. that, or you couldn't much more that affordable, big, yeah. And you got all, you got all most most or all of the Guardians. I can't remember. Oh what, yeah, what all comes with? Not that Not quite set, all of them. Yeah, they never give you the full team. Right, you got to yeah. get somebody. Um, Aisha's Revenge. You got Yondu's mining ship with, right. which I thought was a very cool little it build. Was that Yondu minifig is very cool. It's great and also insanely expensive. Yeah. now on the secondary market. Um, um and Aisha. Which yeah. is someone we needed with Hasbro, which and her little us. drone too. Yes, that was so cool. Her drone ship. Um, they didn't give her a chair to sit in, but they do give her a little remote control. Yeah. to hold the um and the other one, we get a taser face with the Ravager attack set, um, which <laughs> God bless them, like they recognize they're yeah. like this is an important character in the movie. We're gonna give him minifig. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's he's so good. Very great. Like does exactly <laughs> what he needs to do. He's worse than Yondu. Yeah, you need somebody yeah. to make Yondu likable, right? And right. he does the job. Yeah, and I, he, he... I love that whole scene where where Rocket's just making fun of him. Right, just he's at their <laughs> mercy, but he knows that he's smarter than the entire room, so he just makes fun of Taserface to make him look stupid. The the last toys I want to mention, then we'll we'll dive into the movie and then into uh, some movies before Volume Three. Oh. So, uh, neither one of us are big Funko fans, but or I shouldn't say that we're ne- not big Funko collectors. Yeah, I don't. We both own Funkos that we like sure. and enjoy, and I if and that's are what you're into, of, fine. Yeah. So Funko has been with all three Guardians movies, knock it out the park. So one of the things I thought that was really cool 
that they did with volume two was they gave an exclusive set to Walmart where they were um, slight, they were Funko figs, but with a base Mm -hmm. and these bases connected to form the cockpit of uh, the Milano. And you got all, you got Drax sleeping. You got um, Groot with his teenage Groot. Actually, wait, no, it's not the Milano. It's the Benatar. Okay. So this, oh, I'm jumping ahead. This, anyway, this should go with the, Infinity Saga toys. But anyway, they did it. They the bases connect. That's a cool idea. Yeah, and these are still on sale. Like they're fifteen bucks on clearance. I'm sure they'll go down to ten. So you could get all the guardians with a really cool little display piece. I wonder if you could pry the pops out of the chairs and put your normal figures in there. You probably could, but it would you would have to use some real heat and Mm. it would you'd have to carve because they glue them in. Anyway, volume two, the yeah. film. Yeah. Going into the rewatch, I was expecting this one to be my favorite because I, I there were still a lot of things I loved about it. Uh, but Let me pause you there for a sec. Yeah. Did did we see volume two together in the theater? I don't remember. Okay. It's been a long time. I don't think so. 2017, that's a long time. Yeah, no. I don't think we were hanging out at that did point. Did you so. see it in the theater? I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. I had mixed feelings in the theater. I, I really liked it. We were like, I, I brought my nephew to see it. We were dancing at the Zardu Hasselfrau uh, <laughs> music video at the end. Um, so I really, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. Mm. And it wasn't until the rewatch when I, when I loved it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think um, some of the weak things. Okay. Yeah. I guess is. We're not really, we haven't really been fleshing out the plot because we're assuming that yeah, anyone who's listening it, to yeah. this already knows it. But we don't need to. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I think hurts the movie is Groot was so popular as Baby Groot at the end of, mm-hmm. of one. It feels like they leaned too much into Baby Groot being funny mm-hmm. and it gets annoying. It, it got annoying to me at times. I still love Baby Groot. Yeah. I still think he's cute and funny and I love how dark it gets where he like, comes back with the guy's thumb. Thumb, And, yeah. like, he takes the guy's eye. and Like, that's funny. I loved all that. Um, I didn't get upset with it, or it didn't rub up against me until the very end when Rocket's, like, trying to explain the bomb to him. That's, the trick. that's mostly what I mean. That was a frustrating scene, but I think everything else was great. Mm. Yeah. That, I just, uh, I think it was... It, it was a too, too much of a halt to the action. It was like there was too much cute group. And like they were, it's, you, do you remember when the, the, the recent Godzilla movie came out and everybody complained that like, we didn't get to see the Godzilla fighting very much. Cause they would always like pan the camera to a human. That's how I felt in that opening scene you mean where the Japanese one or the, 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 the one Gong that was just called Godzilla. Godzilla with, that was directed by the, uh, the oh. guy that did monsters and rogue one and stuff. Oh, that, that was a while ago. That wasn't, that's not new. Well, it's the, it's the. That's where our current Godzilla came from. Okay, yeah. That's he. So All it's right. the like. It was like two thousand. Yes, there wasn't enough Godzilla. Okay, fifteen so what's or the something. Here? My point is that opening scene feels a lot like the scenes in that movie that people gripe about where there's all this cool action going on and we're just watching Groot dancing and like obviously fucking cute as hell and funny too because we get to see him have his own little war with the lizard and the yep. bugs and stuff. So I'm not really complaining, but like we didn't get to see them fight the obelisk because but they we were did. Focusing we just on... didn't get it. 
you, as the main action. You, you see what I'm saying? I though. do. I'm I not do. saying it's it was a bad choice because it was funny and cute. Yeah. But uh, it feels like they got a lot of Groot love, so they're like, let's show a lot of Groot. That's just a, it's a tiny complaint. I'm um, not hating on it. Uh, like uh, I said, until that very end scene, I I loved every second of Baby Groot, Toddler Groot. I'm calling them Toddler Groot. Toddler Groot. Because I feel uh, like Baby Groot's in the potted plant. The uh, the other the other two. I only have two other two other gripes about the movie one is that there's a lot more downtime where it feels like they're just sort of sitting around waiting for something to happen yeah um it's not that bad it's It's, character building this is it's important stuff for the most part but it's it's more than the first movie the first movie has when we're getting exposition stuff's happening yeah or it it happens very quickly and um whereas this one i feel like there's more time where we're just kind of sitting around expositing about things. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that that stuff is bad because I love all the emotional stuff. Well, you stuff, literally put it under your complaints. But it, but it uh, is okay. like, it's a weaker <laughs> part of the movie. Yeah, um, I would and, agree. And then the other part that that is uh, just full on I'm against it is Yondu dying. Huh. I, I hate that we spend the last act of the movie falling in love with Yondu. We, we've, we've realized that he's this beautiful, broken character that that is just like all of our other characters that we love. He's he Mary makes, fucking Poppins. Exactly. He makes this connection with Rocket where they realize that like they yep. push, you know, it's 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 glorious and it makes your heart fill up with feelings and then they just fucking kill him off. And it's just devastating that that when Peter Quill our protagonist in this ensemble yeah, cast. That's our POV from, from yeah, the whole movie. When he realizes he's had his real dad all along. He fucking dies. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not crushing. only that, he yeah. has to watch him die yep. s- relatively slowly right in front of him. Yep. Um, that was something that I had forgotten about was at the end of the first movie, we have Gamora freezing in space and Peter goes Peter out. saves her, yeah. He's willing to sacrifice himself to save her. And then same thing happens at the end of this one. Yondu sacrifices himself to save Peter. Peter. Very cool parallels, and yep. and it just it which was, is going to come again up again in volume three. So devastating, just yeah. to 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 get Yondu and then lose him in the same movie was just very upsetting. I um, I think that makes him a classic character. I, yeah. I think if James Gunn would have let Marvel, we'd have Yondu in the Ravagers cartoon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I uh, think it was. Wait, a, is that a I think thing? it was a very um, deliberate move on James Gunn's part to yeah. like, I want to craft this beautiful character and he will be mine. Like yeah. you will yeah. not be able to fuck with him, Marvel. And I think, like you said, it's devastating, but it's also beautiful. It's it doesn't like, give it time to go sour or anything. So yeah, you, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get to become fat Yondu and die on a toilet. <laughs> You know, um, I'm sure Michael Rooker agrees with you 100 percent. Well, no, but I think Michael Rooker is more of the type of guy that doesn't want to just play the same character for, you know what I mean? Like, did he, you not watch uh, The Walking Dead? But he, he was died, only in there and then for he like, came back. But it was like, it was like season. season one and then like season, what, five or something? And I think he was, he was in three seasons total. Uh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway. But, but you know, he wasn't there for like. Years. When Michael Rooker packs up an MCU paycheck, no, I, 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 I just, I feel, I don't know, I don't know. But no, you don't. I just, <laughs> I, I, I see, I. I see Michael Rooker as this character actor who shows up in as memorable roles, but he doesn't stick around. He's not like the lead in most movies. He's like, have you? Ever, I've 
have you ever watched a panel or an interview with him or anything like that? Uh, probably, but not like a Michael lot. Rooker is a big Michael Rooker fan. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, so I think am I. He, I, same, I agree I with him. That's what I'm saying. He would have cashed that check. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, and I he did you. show up briefly in Guardians 3. That's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, so I agree. Yeah, Yondu, but that's part of what makes that such a great movie. Um, so when I, my initial watching of it, my favorite thing was the Nebula Gamora interactions and how, um, through that fight and in egos innards in the center of his planet, we got the heart of their um, problems with each other. Yeah, and they're very valid. Yeah. God, and that speech that Nebula gives oh, is so heartbreaking. Karen Gillan, like, uh, oh my God, like to act through that makeup and through all that CGI. Yeah. She, I, I'm surprised she's not in more shit, man. Like she's I'm really incredible. shocked. She's not a huge, huge star. Uh, there's a movie, of course her, her main, uh, the thing she comes from initially is Dr. Who, who, which I'm not a Dr. Who fan. I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a redhead fan. So I'm a fan of her in that Jumanji outfit. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's beautiful and gorgeous and sexy, but like, I don't like Doctor Who. I couldn't even watch it, yeah, even with her in it. But uh, there's a there's a movie called Oculus that um, she's in. She's mm. one of the leads in that. that one. It's about a haunted mirror. Uh, that's uh, probably why I haven't seen it. It's fucking incredible, and she's okay. amazing in it. But if I had to only see one, Slither or Oculus, uh, you will like Slither better. Okay, you will like Slither better. They're um, just so different. But so uh, yeah, Karen Nebula Gillen, stepped up to the plate, dude. which and she and they continue that in the Absolutely. Infinity Saga. I love how much of a fuck up Nebula is in in yeah. the first two movies, where like she she gum, comes guns a blazing in like I'm gonna fucking kill you, Gamora, and, and she she's loses. Like, yeah. In this movie, I I actually started laughing out loud because there's that scene where Gamora is sitting out on the prairie uh-huh. and she's just kind of enjoying the quiet and and kind of thinking about what's going on and then she notices off in the distance here comes Nebula the starship yeah. in a fucking spaceship and Nebula's just like Arr. yeah she just unloads on her and doesn't hit her once doesn't even no. come close to hitting her with a fucking spaceship yep. uh, still loses the battle she yep. starts off with surprise on her side and a fucking spaceship and, and she, she gets up, killed yeah. basically and by the way she wasn't sitting on a prairie she's probably sitting on Ego's nutsack. Yeah, like, it was that his, was probably it was his taint. Uh, uh, that yeah, that is one of my complaints. I f- I would have loved more ego. Mm. I, I lo- so I did not appreciate the nuance of um his evil plan and the yeah. fact that he is ego. Yeah, yeah. And he like his ego says like, well, the whole universe should be me. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like concentrating. <laughs> I was like. Thinking of the Borg because I'm a big Star Trek fan. Oh, so just like assimilation. I, yeah, I was just like, oh, I've seen this before with the Borg. So boring. Uh, unify the species, but like on the rewatch, I was like, oh wait, no, he doesn't want to unify the universe. He wants to be yeah the universe. I, I think it's interesting because uh, it's such a like it should be this massive threat that's going to wipe out existence everywhere, yeah. right? Like, we only see it happening, for the most part, on Earth. I think we yeah. see it on, on uh, the, the Nova planet as yes, well. Yes, on Xandar, yeah. Um, 
so like there's a little bit of oh this is a big deal this is happening everywhere but i do think that's a bit of a weakness is that it doesn't doesn't pay that threat off yeah yeah, yeah. aside from it blowing up the dairy queen it doesn't feel like right it really did anything, uh, but but I did love that his pods were basically like the blob, yeah, like this big pink thing that's just like expand expanding yep. from where it started. Um, I did love the connection you just made that uh, Peter Quill is the son of ego, literally, yeah. like he's this arrogant, yeah, you know, cocky guy, and his father's name is Ego. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And that that whole reveal of how. Um, he gave his mother cancer. Yeah, he did it on purpose. Yeah, he just fucking matter of factly says it. It broke my heart when I gave your mom Ego. brain cancer. Ego and that that song he picked, Brandy, that James Gunn picked. Oh uh-huh. my god, like perfect, perfect. That's one that I wasn't familiar with uh, before the movie, but it's it's fantastic. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. But yeah, and then he explains it in the movie. I don't have yeah. to explain it here in no, this podcast. It's, uh, yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, yeah. I I just love man when uh you know Peter's he's just all on board he's like I found my purpose in life this is my dad I've all my life has been leading up to this moment and, and Gamora then, knows something's wrong because she knows her dad she knows megalomaniacal yeah, yeah. how megalomaniacal yeah. narcissistic uh wannabe world universe conquerors yeah. operate and, he and says, so that's just a subtle thing and she's just like he's like why can't you be happy for me and she's like something's something. wrong. Something wrong. Here. Yeah, and then he, Peter's just like, you shouldn't have given, you shouldn't have killed my mom, you know? Yeah, what a great fucking What an mind. asshole, you know? Like, ah. Uh, yeah, you you said this too, Kurt Russell, perfect casting, because it's a guy that you can't help but like. Like The minute narcissist. you see him, you love him, you, you yeah. have to like him, you can't help it. If and you're it, a genre fan. It, it takes a lot for you to start hating him. Yes. And he does such a good job of flipping that switch when he goes from... Peter, I've been waiting for you. You finally are here. And then he just cold-heartedly says, it broke my heart when I had to give your mom that brain cancer. It's like, yep. how could you say that to this this guy whose whole life is defined by his mother dying when mm-hmm. he was little? Um, it, it's so good. Because um, at first you're so happy, like, and you hate Yondu, right? Because Yondu was supposed to deliver him, yeah. and he kept him for yeah, himself. Exactly, exactly. And then you find out at the end, no, Yondu was saving him. He realized oh, what was God. happening to these kids. So many great emotional character twists in that yeah, movie. Yeah, But like we said, it's not as cohesive of a film. It's it's yeah. very much relying upon the first volume, which, okay, yeah, that's hey, fine. It's, hey, it's, it's the part second two. part of a trilogy, yeah. Uh, um, another... Smaller thing that I I love in this movie is the the relationship between Mantis and Drax. Oh, um, new too, right? We it, we get to flesh Drax out. Yeah, Ma- Mantis. This first time she shows up, she's this weird character, yep. perfectly cast. Uh, Palm Clementoff. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing. I'm not that. sure if how that's how you Palm K, but Palm she's K, great. She's French Asian. Yeah, gorgeous uh, woman. Uh, uh, so talented yes. at being this like weird. And her accent, her voice is so it's, great. Hello, yeah, yeah. I she, can't even recreate it. It's she's just, really great. She, she talks like someone who learned how to speak English from someone who didn't know how to speak English. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, but I love how her and Drax are these like oddballs who don't really have anyone that they're connected to yeah. emotionally. And so they just kind of end up hanging out together yep. and they become this beautiful 
friend yeah, friendship this you know duo. I, I love it's so like many Rocket times he's i mean drax is like oh you're you're horrible you're disgusting yeah, you're, you're gross hideous. and then mantis is like i'm not interested in you at all but yeah. like there's nothing sexual <laughs> here i love that and then but then that continues on into the holiday special where we basically just follow them around for the yeah. whole thing we'll get there in a sec we're and, almost there and yeah. into the third movie their relationship oh, yeah. is is very tight and they have all these in jokes that are built on that on what happens in this movie on their I lack fucking of love it understanding of how humor works <laughs> yeah it's these so good jokes. so what we haven't mentioned yet are the ships we spent a lot of time talking about the ships in volume one and because the character arcs take so much space in this second film we don't get as much pew pew spaceship stuff um we do at the very beginning when the like sovereign attack and destroy the Milano, R.I.P. Yep, Milano. Yep. Um, we we don't get any ships other than Ego's cool little egg ship. That was a cool weird design. Yeah, for sure. So simplistic. I would have loved Lego can't really do curves that well. Yeah. I really wish um, uh, Hasbro would have continued that little miniature line. I would have loved a little mini Ego. That'd have been cool. A little Ravager ship. That Ravager ship of Yondu's was. The bulk of the second act. It's like their big uh, flagship that all everything is inside. That of, became yeah. the Star Destroyer, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, or like the uh, Home One, since it's the good guys eventually, right? Because uh, they take it over at the end, like Kraglin. They're still the Ravagers, still like on they, the border, right? They're they, not necessarily good or bad yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Yondu becomes good. Yeah. But they still want to kill, you know, Quill and all. But um, and then the Ravagers want to kill Yondu for not wanting to kill Quill. Um. <laughs> And I love how it detaches. I love that. I love how all the other Ravagers show up and how we get, but we don't get a lot of that, right? It's right. just at it's the very at end. The end. Which, that's another scene that I teared up uh, both times I've when watched the When the space movie. fireworks are going when, off. When, because there's that, there's that important scene where Sylvester Stallone is like, you are not a Ravager. You're not a part of this brotherhood. You've broken the rules that make us who we are. Yep. And he specifically says, like, the the colors will not fly over your grave or, or whatever, your, over your casket. And then he, Yondu redeems himself. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. We get such a great character arc for that character. And we get so many cool cameos yes. uh, of different Ravager captains. Yeah. Um, I think it's Michelle Yeoh. Yep, Michelle um, Yeoh's in there. Uh, Vin, not Vin Diesel. <laughs> he might be in there. No, he might it's be not Vin Diesel. It's... it's um, Oh my God! I can't think of his name from Pulp Fiction, and uh, it's Marcellus Wallace. Oh, oh, uh, 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 not Vince Vaughn. Ving Rhames. Ving, yeah, so Ving, Ving Rhames, Rhames shows up as a Ravager captain of, alongside, of course, Stallone. It's just a beautiful scene where yeah. you know every, you realize that everyone recognized what Yondu did and and the sacrifice he, he made. He had to sacrifice himself. So yeah. so lovely. Yeah, he killed so many kids that he <laughs> yeah. had to <laughs> indirectly, but still, well, he knew what was happening. Yeah, he knew what was happening. Yeah, so we talked about, um, I think, the two main deaths in this film. Again, a hero dies. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can say Yondu's a hero Absolutely, by the end. absolutely. He's Mary Poppins. Yeah. He's... And a villain dies, the main villain. Ego dies. So two for two, James Gunn's like, uh, one of our ancillary characters is going to die, one of our, main, one of our guardians, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the main bad guy is going to die. Which is like a classic '80s trope thing, right? Like, yeah. you know. And well, and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm kind of glad they killed off Ego. Not that 
I, I know there's a lot of people out there that probably love Ego the Living Planet from the comics yeah. and stuff. I don't know anything about him. Is he dead? Is he, he? He certainly doesn't have to be. His yeah. body's still there, right? Most he wasn't completely disintegrated. How yeah. many... How long would it take for him to form his own little meteor or moon or whatever again? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, he's he's the threat is gone. The threat yeah, of ego yeah. has been eliminated. But he did still blow up the Dairy Queen, and that, that is fucker. upsetting. That's an that's a vintage Dairy Queen too. That one's been there. It was since the since the early days, not remodeled. Uh, so, is there anything else you want to say about part two? I think that's it. I think we covered the toys and the film pretty well. It's, um. I'm guessing it's not your favorite Guardians film. You didn't mention that. I'm gonna say th- I'm. I think we're we're, we're gonna talk through it a little bit more. It's so okay. hard to say. I I like it more. It's one of those films. The more I watch it, the more I like it. I, I as I said before, I think it has higher highs than Part One, but I think it's a it's a less balanced experience yeah. all the way through. So I I think honestly I think I'm gonna come out saying the third one is my favorite, just because uh, it pays aren't off. You coming out. Aren't you. Uh, that's you open the door coming out. Oh, I'm coming out. I thought I was. You said you're coming out. Yeah. I thought I was. I, I was actually. I think I was saying coming off, but I'm. I'm coming for part three. Is Ooh, what I'm. Baby. Uh, All those animals. That's right. You know what I'm <laughs> into. So we we got to talk before we get to part three. Before we get to possibly my favorite Guardians movie. Ooh. We need to talk about the bridge. The things that happened off screen. The yep. tie-ins, as we said. Uh, the the first one we gotta talk to is a big deal. It's a big one. Avengers, yeah. Infinity War, and Endgame. Yep. Um, we've got uh, we've got a new ship that shows up for the first time in Infinity War, the Benatar, to replace the destroyed I Milano. Love Guardians. Put another cassette in the player. I don't know. Oh yeah. Put another coin in the uh, sovereign arcade ship, baby. <laughs> you know they ain't gotta pay coins. They're a perfect. Society. No, that's free. Yeah, you just put your little thumbprint on there. I will say, I at first I did not like the Benatar, but the more yeah. I saw it, the more I liked it. I think it's neat that the ships have kind of continued to evolve. Yeah, and they 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 paid that off in part three with yep. gar- with um, explaining that Rocket is always tinkering. Yeah, and so he can't just leave it alone, even if it works. He's got to make it better. Yeah, uh, and I like that. I think that's yep. obviously it's so they could sell us more toys, but uh, you know, I'll take it. So um, they did make a a Lego set for the Benatar, and it's still available. That would be the Thanos Ultimate Battle set, right? Where I you have you're correct. Um, that's one that I have uh, owned several times uh, because we used to find them at dirt cheap, uh, partially built and partially stolen and uh-huh. stuff. So I've I've cobbled together multiple sets of those, uh, but I don't think I still have them any any one of them anymore. So they they did that. With a scaled down Benatar, kind of like that Milano, that second Milano, mm-hmm, but they've mm-hmm. put out and it's still on shelves a bigger version of the Benatar. It's God, it's nineteen hundred pieces. Okay, so it's more than twice as many as the original Milano. I know the set you mean. And it's one hundred thirty six bucks. It looks great. It's just too damn big for me to put anywhere. It comes yeah. with a great stand. Um, that Thanos Ultimate Battle one is the one most people probably bought because it was way more affordable well, and it's, it's been it, out longer. It's also, like you said, bef- with the big, this one is smaller. You can actually play with it. Yeah. It has fun little play features like the, uh, it can actually connect with um, 
Rocket's dropship from Infinity War. Oh, really? That's um, cool. That's a separate. There's a, a yeah. set called uh, Thor Weapon Quest. Oh, which is great. Um, uh, th- it comes with like a mini forge for Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the the ship that they fly in that one. That one will actually connect to the Benatar from the Thanos Ultimate Battle. Nice. Uh, in a in a very cohesive way, where it very actually looks cool. Satisfying way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doesn't look like it's just clipped on there. Exactly. Um, they also so again, this is Lego. Lego coming through with Guardians, Infinity War, and Endgame toys. The um, I I haven't bought that Benatar ship for it's 136 bucks on Target right now. Yeah, I was tempted, but I probably won't because <laughs> it'll just sit in a box. I don't have anywhere to put it. Well, and it's not even the ship that they have anymore. Yeah. So like every every it's hard to pick a definitive Guardian ship. Unless it's like maybe it's the Milano because that's yeah. the first one we saw, but we're gonna keep getting new Guardian ships as long as we get new Guardians content. So. They, correct. They put out one of those little mini busts of Star Lord's helmet, ah. which I don't usually like those busts, but I think that's a very good model of his helmet. Mm. Like I, I have a lot of love for the Star Lord helmet. From I this. do. Uh, yeah. When it first, when the first I, movie came out, I hated it because it was different from the comics. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't like that. It, I uh, didn't have an attachment to the comics whatsoever. So I was just like, that's fucking cool. It hadn't been that long since I had read annihilation and the guardians, especially Peter Quill pay a, play a big mm. role. And so the helmet he wears in that is like, it's more of like a Roman centurion yeah, looking yeah. helmet. It's like and a so, full-on helmet, not just a mask. Exactly, exactly. This is more of a mask. This one, it felt like they, oh, you know, uh, they want to have his cool guy hair sticking out of it. So, but, but you know what? It looks fucking cool. I wish yeah. that that mask uh, was in more of the movie because they, you know, they got to have, you got to have the star's face out yeah. there so they don't wear the mask. One of the too big much. gripes about Volume Three coming but, up. You know what? You know what? I actually. Uh, I noticed this time around watching part two, his helmet gets broken in it the does. final battle of part two. You're Maybe... saying Rocket can't make him another one? Well, yeah, he, he, he obviously could have. But... <laughs> um, and then they made a life-size toddler Groot right, that came right. with a cassette tape, which I almost bought several times. I, the only reason I didn't buy it is because I already bought a dancing toddler Groot from volume two. <laughs> I forget who put it out. Probably Hasbro. It had to be Hasbro. Um, and the group didn't look great, but the yeah. cassette tape looked awesome. Those like buildable people always yeah. look weird. They they had a set where um, they had a buildable group from the first movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention it because it. Eh, you know. Those are those like bionicle type ones, right? Where it's like yeah. it, it moves, but it just looks fucking weird. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Move it. We we can. Those move are the on. notable toys I think for Avengers and Endgame for Lego. I mean, they had Teenage Groot come out. I think in Infinity. There was what? a three pack that was Rocket, Groot, and uh, Space Pirate uh, Thor. Okay. With his crew cut and yeah. and and Stormbringer. Yeah. That came out, but that Rocket I think was a re-release of the one from from the Mantis Wave. Yeah. And then the Groot was new. It was yeah. Teenage Groot with his little uh, tablet that he's yep. you know he's always on his fucking tablet. Yeah. Kids these days. Or Defender. He played Defender. Is that what he was playing? That's well, great. he had both. Remember, at one point he had Quill's old Defender game. Oh, he actually had from the, the game. 80s. That's and cool. then he had a tablet. In, in Endgame. I so. remembered him playing yeah. the tablet all the time. I didn't remember the Defender. I am Groot. Whoa. The mouth on this kid. <laughs> Boy's full of that, lo- that is maybe the best Dave Bautista's ever acted, is his reaction to that, I am Groot. Like, that look on his face. 
<laughs> the, the Groot line is such a, I mean, it's throughout the whole movie, but it's it's just like with R2-D2, you know, where like he beeps and boops and then 3PO yep. goes, what the fuck you said? Yeah. What did you say? <laughs> oh, yeah, C-3PO's cursing off the storm. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a, he's a potty mouth notorious. Um, um, I, I think they did a lot of, uh, the main characters that got the growth from these bridge films, uh, I like that, is uh, Nebula and Gamora. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. they picked up right where they left off from volume two. Yeah. Um yeah. it was so heartbreaking yeah. to 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 have this Gamora who is finally making amends with her sister. Yeah. And starting to realize how much of a monster she was mm-hmm. to her growing up. And then and then she just dies. You know, Thanos just She doesn't just die, she gets murdered. Pictures her off a cliff and But I, that I think I think that that's that, a great moment for Thanos too because he believes his bullshit, right? Yeah. Thanos believes that he's the only one can do it, that can save the galaxy. Yeah. And yeah. Save the universe, I should say. Save the universe. And we find out that he really does love this kid he kidnapped. I think that's bullshit. I think that's and bullshit. I know. I felt it. Like, I felt like, I think they did a great job of making Thanos kind of like Yondu, like a character where you're like, you, you stop and you think Whoa. like you're like wait a minute, is Thanos right? Was Thanos right, y'all? Uh, Thanos wasn't right. Was he right? Was I'm, Thanos right? I'm gonna have to fully disagree on that. I think there Thanos was... might have been right, y'all. A lot of people were. Lot, oh no, Thanos right. is right. Shirts. Oh yeah, there's yeah, a lot just... of people who okay, think yeah. that, but those people are wrong. <laughs> like I don't, I, we, unless you're a person who is has a little bit of those narcissistic personality disorders, which we all have little elements of that, but like. I saw a lot of people going around saying some. No disrespect, stuff. but if you like this guy, you're a narcissist. No, no disrespect. I don't. No disrespect. I don't mean it as broad as that, <laughs> but like, I I think that the way the movie's written, you're supposed to realize that Thanos is fully deluded, and he has convinced himself that he is doing the right thing and that he's doing it for the right reasons. But the truth of it is that he's just a horrible monster, and. Gamora does mean something to him, but not for who she is. It's what she represents. She's mm-hmm. his work. She's mm-hmm. his. He's right because she's this amazing, powerful person. Isn't that, that he, with most parents, though? Well, I mean, that's true. And that's why most a lot of parents have a lot of problems. Uh-huh. So I don't think Thanos was right. I don't think there's any. I, I think it's it's interesting to discuss that. But. It, Any, made, it opened up the question. Anytime your so, like, solution to a problem is to kill half of the existing people, you're wrong. But what it did beautifully, uh, Infinity War, was um, twist the protagonist. You didn't know through that whole film until the very end that Thanos was the hero of that film. Like, he won. I mean, he did he win. He won. Thanos. He did win. I don't think he was the protagonist, like, though. Oh, yeah. He's the, like, you just flip it, and the Avengers are the villains, and Thanos is the hero. And it's like, it's very easy to do that with that film once this, you get to the end of it. This is like those and those people even, who say that Daniel was the villain in The Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. It's I like, if you people. look at it very narrowly, that's true. But if you look at the whole movie, it's just not true. It's just... I get what you're trying to say. I'm it sorry. opens I'm not up the to question. Pedantic, it's like but... it makes you like you go into it. Thanos is the bad guy, but at the end, he a kills... lot of people, not John, <laughs> were like, "Wait a minute, was he? Did he have a good idea? Is this okay?" Bruh. 
None of the people who yeah, got dusted so. or who their family got dusted thought that was the well, case. Well, exactly. And then in the next film, so it I, starts off with that, and you realize, like, okay, no, this guy's fucked up. But anyway. But anyway, uh, back to something that the, can bring us all together. Guardians of the Galaxy, folks. The, the, thing, the thing out of Infinity War that is, that is the most important is the death of Gamora. And, yeah. and then the thing that is the most important out of Endgame is Nebula becoming a very important main character. Yeah. Drives the plot forward. She's trying to do good. She's taking Which is picking from the up, comics. Yeah, yeah. She's picking great. up where Gamora left off. She's taking the Carrying torch on the mantle of her sister that her sister sure. did. And then we get a new Gamora who comes from this alternate timeline. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well, she doesn't show up much in uh Endgame, but she's there. And she's still there in Volume 3. And we'll talk yeah. about her in a minute. Um, another thing I want to touch on with um, Endgame is the the Thor-Rocket group relationship, mm-hmm. which I thought was just beautiful. It was so good. It was pitch perfect. Humor, um, drama, action. And then that carried over to the next film where the Guardians were featured, which is Thor 4. A.K.A. Thor, love and thunder. thunder, thunder down under. How, how how many? What is your overall opinion of that movie? Because I've I've only watched it once. Same. Okay. I feel like it's gonna be one of those films. The more I watch it, the more I like it. But I've still only watched it once. I do think that's what makes four suffer is that it was not nearly as good as three. Ragnarok never would have happened without Guardians. No, absolutely never. not. Never. That's where never. Thor takes the turn of comedy. Yep. Uh, he becomes a, 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 a sassy, you know, little, he's like Spider-Man. He's yeah. He's constantly making quips and stuff. He's got little quips stuff. and barbs and total 180 from the previous Thor film. Yeah, where he's just like it's the big serious and, out of, fish yeah. out of water stuff. Um, yeah, I, I overall, Love and Thunder, not not the best movie overall, you know, weak parts, but that opening part where we where yes. we see him with the Guardians is incredible. That first act of the film, the Guardians make it, and Thor as a Guardian doing splits, <laughs> blowing up. The, the, <laughs> the idea of Thor being like the 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 star in this dressing room yeah. while all the the opening act goes out. Yeah. He has to let them soften him up a little bit, yeah. you know, let the other guardians feel like they're contributing. And then Thor just comes out and yeah. just annihilates everybody that all of that was incredible. You can so complain good. about the, the, the second and third act of that movie, yeah. but the opening is killer. First act is great. You're absolutely right. When he destroys the temple, <laughs> they're like, whoa, that was our, our religious significance. And the why did, um, why'd you do that? So as far as toys, I guess what we didn't mention with Infinity Saga is when we finally did get the Ronin figure. Yeah, because the... Hasbro put out like these one-off Infinity Saga figures. Like we got Quicksilver, right. and Ronin. Quicksilver and... with piece of Ultron. Piece of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh, that's yeah. one of those figures I kept passing up when it went on clearance, and I now kind of have a little FOMO. I'm like, ah, I should have bought him for fifteen bucks, but whatever. I just have no interest in that Quicksilver at yeah. all. <laughs> just like put him next to Wanda, maybe. I don't I know. Yes, uh, I'd rather get an Evan Peters. I'd rather have an Evan Peters Quicksilver than uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, kick, yeah. Kick-ass uh, Quicksilver. You're right. So, yeah, Thor Love and Thunder actually gave us a lot of Guardians figures, and most of them were straight fucking trash. <laughs> um, so we got Ravager, a.k.a. Guardian Thor, which right. is maybe... 
my favorite Thor figure. It's really good. It's so good. I love he has the Thunderstrike boots on. Yep. Uh, and the long hair and stuff and 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 something the else. The vest. Yeah. Which kind of you can do a little kit bash with uh take that Kurt Russell head from Ego, put it on that Thor body, and you got an old man grizzled Jack, Jack Burton. Burton from oh yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. That's a that's a great kit bash. I love. Oh that. my God! What if Kurt Russell played a Ravager? Who drove the pork chop? <laughs> <laughs> or he was called pork chop, and he drove the express. His ship was called the express. Oh, that'd so be many so things great. you could do. It. Oh, oh, his ship would be the uh, the Catral, or maybe oh, the, or maybe yes. the maybe the Gracie, or something like yes, that. I don't know. Snaps up, yes, the Catral. Cool. Uh, yeah, so that was a good movie. Doesn't really impact uh, Guardians no. history too much, but it did give us a new Groot teenage Groot accessory with like. A branch arm. Yeah, yeah, to to represent the way he attacks yeah, and stuff. Which that was, was cool. okay. I mean, and there's that whole connection with Groot and Thor because part of Groot is Stormbreakers. Yeah, I love that moment. Handle in, in, yeah. in uh, Infinity War. I love that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was cool that they. Oh, Nevidalia. Nevidalia. The heart of a dying star. Thor! I love Peter Dinklage, but that was some terrible acting. Like, what a dumb role for what him What are you to doing, though? It will kill you. <laughs> it was like, really? Peter Dinklage, you're so good in Game of Thrones. What's happening right now? That I was, don't know. That was like that Ben Affleck movie, Paycheck. That's what that was. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm glad they re-released that, that Groot because it was in a three-pack that was hard to find, and so... You know that that's yeah. good that he's back out there. So I don't mind that they we got a Star Lord one. in this wave, which is maybe worse than the Volume One Star Lord. It, it did look pretty bad. It's not good. I, I don't know why they felt like that was an important toy for us to have, other than laziness. Yeah. Um. But reuse, yeah, reuse. Reuse. Yeah. Not, not not too much to say about Love and Thunder. Other uh, than that, first wise. Yeah. Uh, I like Gore. I like Christian Bale as Gore. He was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not just doesn't have anything to do with Guardians of the Galaxy, no. you know. So the next little bridge here is not a film, but a holiday special. I loved this this holiday special. It was everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, the, you know what? If I'd have changed one thing about it, I think the final song that Kevin Bacon sings was kind of weak. Yeah, it just. I think it was a Kevin. Was it a Kevin Bacon song? I think it might have been. Yeah, because uh, Kevin Bacon has a band. Has and band. All that stuff. Yeah, Kevin Bacon. Let's say this. Seems like a really wholesome dude. Yeah. He's married to Kira Sedgwick. They've been married for a long time. They got a bunch yep. of babies. He seems like a cool dude. Uh, so I definitely want a Kevin Bacon toy. They never gave us one. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get one, but maybe. <laughs> I hope we do. In fact, the only toys that came from this holiday special was the Lego advent calendar. <laughs> and I almost picked this up so many times. The, yeah. But the only thing I really want from it is... Groot dressed as a Christmas tree. That's pretty cute. Uh, they do have Drax with a chest with a sweater. Oh, that's on, pretty cute. And there is a tape deck for the awesome mix. Okay, okay. To make, but those, I even like those. Like even on clearance, there was like twenty five bucks. I'm like, even those three things. Oh, and you're only getting like maybe four minifigures out of that yeah. whole thing, and the rest and the of little it is mini just builds. Trash. Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, like if I was eight or ten, like yeah, I would love that. I uh, I loved this this uh, holiday special the way that they incorporated the band yes. in there and they're like setting up nowhere and trying yep. to I love that they used the holiday special as a way to set up this new home for the yeah. guardians um, and I loved that we got to see a glimpse into who they were gonna be in the next movie exactly um, but mostly 
it's a Some it's mantis a mantis tracks. and it's so good side story it's uh, a side side adventure what's it called a uh, sure, a side quest. Side quest, that's it, yeah. <laughs> they're just they're farming XP over there. They got to get the little elf guy and the candy cane and yep. stuff. Inc- oh, it was absolutely so good. incredible. Like uneven CGI, but for what it was, that's one thing we haven't talked about either is like the CGI. I think in the Guardians films, some of the best, most consistent CGI. To me, it's not noticeable, and that means it's good. There's some, when I was rewatching it, like on Xandar. Mm like the wide shots you're like yeah that's composite I didn't ever um, notice it volume 2 a lot of the stuff was on green screen sound stages mm. that the lighting in certain shots you know not great but um overall all the space battle stuff all the ship stuff yeah that just looks amazing anytime it's all cg you just don't care yeah uh yeah dude i there's only one thing that we need toys of from the holiday special other than kevin well, bacon well how are we getting Kevin Bacon? What was the it's gotta best be a three pack, John? A Drax, Mantis, and Kevin Bacon three pack. Drax and Mantis, like in holiday sweaters. Yes. Uh with like giant candy canes. That's fucking inspired. I little Christmas lights. We both complain about like exclusive overpriced and stuff like that. If you put that three pack up for a hundred bucks, I'd buy it. I'd buy it right 30 now. Thirty bucks a piece, yeah. I'd buy it right now. Why is that why was that not a SDCC or I don't know. Or PulseCon. It feels like that holiday special wasn't really like marketed because yeah. it went straight to Disney Plus. Yeah. I guess they probably just saw it as like, you know, we don't have to market. I don't know. But Guardians is so successful. Like, that seems like. They need to do it. They need to do it right now. Kevin Bacon with his little guitar. And then. Dude, what if NECA got licensed Marvel? Can you imagine like all the awesome shit we'd have? We'd be, we'd be even more broke, and we'd have even I, no, more shit. No, I would shit. sell all my legends immediately. <laughs> I would, I would, and I would start collecting yeah, NECA MCU Just replace figures. them. I, yeah. I, I would replace them as they went. You know, you got my come out with my my Groot. Bye bye, Marvel Legends Groot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, a NECA Groot. But wouldn't NECA nail? A three pack like this? Sure. I mean, all the little accessories you'd get. Sure. We'd get them. Like NECA would. Uh, give it would them come to with them. all the little weird shit that they they pick up once yep. in the episode. Yeah. Uh, that that's definitely something I would like to see more of from from Hasbro is like specific accessories. But instead, they're going reverse. We're lucky if we get a gun. You know, we're yeah. lucky if we get a, a head or something. We're moving but. into we're we're about to move into volume three territory here, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we are. So, yeah. I just want to throw out. So the only figure I've gotten from Volume Three is Craglin, uh-huh. because we forgot to mention him. He's one that's been missing from all the other wave. Yeah, dude, Craglin. Uh, I love that James Gunn got his brother Sean a, a permanent role in the MCU. Right? <laughs> like he starts off. He's as a legit this, guardian now. This like joke character. Yeah. And you're like, oh, haha, Sean Gunn. He's in all of his brother's movies yeah. and stuff, but no. He's a real character and actually an amazing character. We didn't talk. We should have talked about him more in Volume Two, but he got fleshed out a lot in Volume Two. He didn't do too much. He's like, he's like the likable background guy who. Yeah, at but he first, got fleshed out in Volume Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what I meant, what oh. I meant was that like we start to introduce him as a character in Part Two, but it's not until Part Three and the Holiday Special that he's yeah. like a core member. Uh, and he's he's great. He's he's this he's unsure of himself. He doesn't know how to step into Yondu's shoes, uh, even though 
he gets the the arrow and the mohawk yeah. inherits that stuff. He's got to do it. Got to do it from his heart. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's not his heart. He does it with his dick. Is that what he is that what Yandy says? <laughs> he doesn't say it, but uh, Perf? Well, no. Okay, so that's a thing that pays off from the second one into the third one is uh, they they're talking about at the beginning. Rocket and Star Lord have that. That where they're fighting for who's going to fly through the asteroid field. Uh-huh. And at the end of that conversation, they're like, you know, you guys are too busy flying the ship with your with your crotch. Yeah. And Star-Lord's like, well, if what's in my pants had a hand, it would definitely fly better than that guy. <laughs> I forgot that line. And then later <laughs> on, uh, Yondu says, you know, I don't control the arrow with my mouth or my brain, you know. And then went right at the end, he's like, I, I use my heart. He, yeah. You know, it's my heart. So but. Pervy John was like, oh, he controls it with his dick. <laughs> I just thought that was an he's interesting He's got a cock parallel. rocket, a literal cock rocket. He's got a cock arrow that flies around <laughs> and blows people up. Um, and people are whistling at it. That's why it controls it by whistling. They're like. Your dick just goes, whoo, whoo, whoo. I wonder what that arrow would do if you went. Would it, well, it seems like the whistle doesn't someone? matter as much as what your intentions the are. Inten- right? like, like, if you go. Then it's gonna like but, slowly build up and then zip. <laughs> if that's what you're thinking about, I guess if that's what your heart's telling you. But anyway, uh, I got all this to tell you that Craglin figure disappointed me. Really? Yeah. It's not pinless joints. Well, it is a Marvel legend, so um, it's 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 apt to. He disappoint. has no waist swivel. He's just got like the upper. Mm. I guess to give him like a cleaner sculpt. The the face sculpt is neutral. Yeah. It, it's it's okay. It's decent. Again, he's got that holster. Yeah. But they sculpted in a hole for that holster to plug into in his chest hmm. and the holster moves all the time so when you're posing him there's just like a little hole in his chest weird so odd marvel yeah i, I mean hasbro i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty upset about that wave because i just want the fucking dog I and it's I not even a great dog it's not even as good as the gi joe classified timber ah uh, it looks pretty good it the looks pretty front good. paws have articulation but the back ones don't oh really. uh, well the dog we're talking about is Cosmo. Cosmo. Uh, I love that they set Cosmo up in the first movie. Yep. Cosmo, she's in the background oh, with the collector. Shit. The collector. At we the, never mentioned him. Uh, at the end of the, the first movie, Cosmo comes up to like check on him. Yeah. And see how he's doing. And Howard the Duck's in the background having a martini. So I, I think, like they set that up. I think they released a collector as a STCC two-pack with, um, with Jeff the Grandmaster. <laughs> which I, I was like, eh, the sculpt on... Grandmaster wasn't great. I mean, sculpt on um collector wasn't great, and already had a grandmaster. So yeah, that that was one that I guess was a notable exclusion, but we didn't yeah. talk about it. Maybe that'll be a tenth anniversary. I I still feel like the casting of Benicio del Toro in that role is just fucking weird. Oh my god, that scene where Rocket mimics his hand gestures, and he's like, <laughs> it's all fascinating. <laughs> That's so memorable. Oh god. The just what 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 a weird choice. I I don't know much about the the collector as a comic book character, but I He's got to be a weird dude, right? He's a not, not a celestial. He's whatever the grandmaster is a Yeah. I forget. I don't I don't know. An eternal? No. He's one he's, of those cosmic beings. Yeah, he's is, he's more powerful than we can ever imagine. Yeah. And all he does is do the shit that I do is just collect, collect everything. Shit, yeah, very relatable. Uh, I guess we should. He should be my favorite. Except you don't character. have slave girls. Not yet. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Not that you know of. Keep hope alive. When's the last time you've been to my house? Keep the dream alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, like. Okay. But the Hasbro Guardian figures as a whole, is this wave is maybe the most disappointing. I, I definitely don't like them too much because I feel like the, the uniforms are kind of samey. 
They just all look the same. And it's the wrong color. Yeah. I don't mind the bright blue, but that's not what they're that's not what they're colored like in the film. It's more of a muted blue gray. Yeah, I don't I don't like that bath wave. You want that cosmo though, right? I do, but I you know, I like animals. I want a a, a cosmo I don't even care if it's Cosmo. I just want a dog in a space suit. Space that just suit, sounds a awesome. Russian space suit, you dirty commie. Yeah. Did you know that Cosmo is voiced by Borat's daughter from, I did, from yeah. the Borat sequel? That's fucking hilarious. Cosmo's the new Groot. Like, she's mm. the new cutie, yeah. cutesy she's, thing. She's a good dog, man. She's yeah. a good girl. Oh, that was such a... <laughs> I thought that was going to get annoying to me, but I like that running joke about like how Craglin called her a bad dog and yeah. she kept oh, trying to get him. It paid off so good. Yeah. To, you know, it paid off obviously all along he he loved Cosmo and he knew Cosmo was his friend. Was a good dog. Cosmo saves his life. Fucking yeah. good dog, man. Yeah, I I loved it. Uh, saves the life of thousands possibly of animals, hundreds at least. Yeah. So okay, so let's talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh overall, I loved I love this movie. I know we both we saw it together. And we both came out of it with mixed feelings. It was an emotional film. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, again, we talk about highs and lows. I think this movie had the highest highs, but I think that's normal because it's building on everything that's come yeah. before it. So you well, like what you, would a high? I know they had lowest lows. What were some of the highest highs? Well, what what I'm thinking about is uh, towards the end of the movie where everyone is is doing. Oh, dancing! They're helping. Well, that to too. In the machine, but which I, I thought mean, was inspired. Like I was like, "What the fuck?" But the, the ending it works. of the movie was excellent. But I, I actually mean more the 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 last act where they're all supporting each other and uh-huh. doing what each other needs. Like they're there for Rocket. They're there for Star Lord. They're yeah. there for Gamora. You know, whatever the others need to to succeed and to be happy and to feel safe. Yeah, the others are there to support them. Like. When Rocket goes back for the animals, that's mm-hmm. like a logical mind would say that's a dumb move, right? Yeah. You don't go back and risk the life of everyone on nowhere to save a bunch of animals. But the whole movie has spent showing us that these animals deserve to be treated fairly and that like being. You almost said equally, didn't you? I mean, almost you know how it. I feel. Yeah. But like. That's beautiful to me that like even though probably the rest of the guardians don't feel as strongly about rescuing the animals as Rocket does. Yeah. It's important to Rocket so they fucking do it. Yeah. They go back, they help him, they all participate in kicking the high evolutionary's ass, yep. which was one of the most satisfying fights in any MCU is, movie. I think he's one of the most clear-cut villains. Oh, 100% I say Thanos is unredeemable for what he did, but you, you can't. You heard are my animal, you heard my little furries. You, you are dead to me. You are dead, dead, dead. <laughs> you you can't find any any good in the High Evolutionary, right? Like you could go back to the beginning of him when he first started off, and you could say he had a good goal. But but what we see him do in the movie, the the character that he is every second of the movie completely unredeemable. He is void of compassion. Yeah. He's yeah. a sociopath. One of my favorite He's a psychopath. moments yeah. in the movie, like one of my favorite reveals in the movie is when we go to like alternate earth and we realize that through all of this technology that he's come up with, he can evolve the perfect beings and stuff. Yeah. All he's done is create the same fucked Fucking up planet that we have here. 
Just with uh, rabbit with, people. With, yeah, with, yeah, with weird with Island of Dr. Counter Moreau. Earth. Yeah. Counter Earth. Yeah, yeah, Counter Earth. going to aggravate me, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I just, I love that reveal. That, like, yeah. he is, to him it's perfect because he's in charge. Yeah. That's literally the only difference between what's going on that's fucked up on Earth now and what the Earth is there is yeah. he's the boss. I think I think he's a not so subtle jab at at these um, billionaires right now, like specifically an Elon Musk type, where he's like, yeah. you know, I I, I can I can uh, I, I can make the world better. Yeah, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And you're just like, motherfucker, if you handle the world like you handle fucking Twitter, we are in trouble. Yeah. Like I was. That motherfucker almost the, ran PayPal into the ground. I was like, choo-choo, I'm on the Elon Musk train. Get me to Mars. Like, get me to Mars in my lifetime. <laughs> get me get me a car that doesn't pollute the, the Earth. And then I'm just like, oh, this dude, what what's happening here? Like, this is some... Like, oh, you're telling me that uh, creating the battery for the Tesla actually fucks the planet up more than driving a gas-guzzling car <sighs> for 20 years? Oh, That's okay. the dirty secret, right? Yeah. The, the batteries. We, we need better batteries. But, I mean, what's... It's the lesser two. What are we gonna do? I don't know. It's all fucked. It's all yeah. fucked. We can't so anyway, do anything about it. But um, I, I love that analogy though. I love it because yeah. it's it's a guy who he is smart. He has a lot going for him, yeah. but he doesn't know everything. But he cannot admit that he doesn't know everything. And the the single thing, the driving force of this movie is that he's trying to find the person who outsmarted him. The creature who should never have been no, able no, no. to outsmart no. him. He's trying to find. His property, that but that it's his property that embarrassed him. That's well, oh, literally yeah, it. Too. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, it's you like, embarrassed me, so I have I think to that's chop a, you that's up. That's a key point to this too, though. It's like James Gunn is putting some not. I mean, maybe not so subtle. It's easy to miss it, but it's like a very animal rights forward film. Absolutely, where it's just like, I mean, granted, Rocket is you know a mutated, cybernetically enhanced creature. But I think it's, I mean. But he comes down on the side of all of the animals deserve your respect. Not just, not just the ones that the have been modified. But that's at the very end, right? And it's, that, that's not the majority of the film. majority of the film is like, we shouldn't be experimenting on animals to further ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. But like I mean, I, animal I, testing, you know, but... we see those horrible experiments that happen in front of Rocket and the, the rest of the people. We see how mean the lab assistants are yeah. to the to everyone not just Rocket because they know the people. high evolutionary will fuck them up if they yeah yeah if they um, sidestep yeah so i i think i think it does have the highest highs because everything pays off and maybe it's not fair to say that it's the best because it couldn't be as emotionally powerful without everything that came before it yeah so i don't know i have a hard time saying which one's my favorite it definitely has the hardest scenes so, to watch in of any of the movies. I we were supposed to rewatch this before we talk, but you know, life yeah, happens. You know, but um, going to the theaters. I'm very right curious. I, I do want to see it again in the theater, which I need to do quick before it, it before Flash knocks it out. <laughs> um, but that for some reason the action scenes weren't as visceral to me, even though. He had like almost a Michael Bay esque space battle, like in nowhere through no, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, they had that hallway scene with the Beastie Boys playing. Yeah. It almost felt like, okay, I get it, James Gunn. You're gonna play music from every decade in each scene. <laughs> okay, like it. Maybe, maybe knowing 
what sadness to expect from it, from all the, you know, animal torture and whatnot, uh, I can go in and enjoy those scenes a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know if I would agree it's got the highest highs for me personally. Well, so I but, I, um, I think you're right on the nose about the sad parts being easier to watch once you've seen them once. Yeah. Because what made it so hard for me to, to enjoy the parts that are meant to be fully happy is Rocket yeah. finding this family. It's overshadowed by knowing that he doesn't know those people anymore. So, yeah. you know, something fucked up is going to happen to these adorable little monstrous animals. And so the whole time we were watching it in the theater, I'm on edge because I'm like, I can't let myself love this yeah. monstrous rabbit with spider legs, even I'm though because I'm on the floor. <laughs> it's the cutest fucking thing on the planet. Right. Like. The, these little animals are so sweet and cute and, and Linda adorable. Cardellini, come oh, on. Oh, yeah, you already love Linda Cardellini. God. Wouldn't you love, love her? Linda Cardellini? As a robot otter, you know? Nazis, that's so who like, doesn't love Linda Cardellini. And we got to kill all of them. That's what I heard. So, uh, I mean, I do agree with that. But <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think you've hit a nail on the head there. I think that watching it the second time, it's going to feel less... Uh, emotionally draining to yeah. watch those sad parts because like, we already know what yeah. when the bad is going to happen. So <laughs> one scene that I think is probably one of the funniest scenes in the MCU is when they they land their new ship, the Bowie, mm -hmm. which Lego made a, a <laughs> really great set of, but it's just fucking huge. Yeah. But, um, oh, and talk about a spaceship that pays off where it starts to detach at yeah, the end. Yeah, that was the really battle. cool. Oh, so yeah. amazing. They land the Bowie in the suburbs on counter earth. And that was the trailer scene, right? Right. Where Drax comes down and throws the ball at the little girl and <laughs> knocks her back. And then the whole town starts throwing shit at him. Mm -hmm. So after that, some, I think it's a rabbit lady lets him into her home. And the whole stuff with Drax putting his feet up on the couch, I was just like, I was laughing, but I know if I hadn't had that emotional draining scene prior, that flashback uh -huh. from Rocket, that I would be hysterically <laughs> laughing at that because that was amazing. And then something that might only be relatable to Gen Xers and older is Nebula trying to open the old car door where you have to press that metal button in and then pull as you press <laughs> and then peter quill is getting so mad just like a parent would and it's like he says open the fucking door i think that's the single best part of the whole movie Boom. <laughs> yeah. only f-bomb in the history of the mcu so far and such a stupid moment to say yeah. fucking but it was incredible because and it made me think of Evangelion too, because there's a famous "get in the fucking mech, Shinji." That well, that's a, we all know that scene. <laughs> I mean, it's, if you know Evangelion, yeah. it's, it's it's iconic. But, but he it almost made me think um, of that. Peter Quill almost said "fuck" in the first movie. He goes, "What the?" F and he they don't even cut away. He just says, "What the?" F I huh. can't even finish the word. But James Gunn was like, "I thought I would sneak that." f-bomb in because there hasn't been an f-bomb in an mcu film yet and it was like him and kevin feige both being interviewed at the same time and feige was like i i saw it i love it, it was it worked I, I loved it. <laughs> so it was like purposefully done yeah and left in and you'll miss it you'll yeah. honestly miss it because yeah. it's just like get in the fucking car nebula yeah it's just such a natural <laughs> thing to say right yeah i love that scene. or get in the goddamn car but like i think goddamn's worse actually than fuck but 
fucking yeah just what a perfect perfect moment perfect line delivery uh, perfect scene and it's a thing that would only how be would a, frustrating to to star lord because yeah, he's he seen those car doors before how would a space assassin know how to open like an 82 and then <laughs> then after that we get to see star lord try to learn to drive on the fly because yeah, he just seems, he's never he's like <laughs> i've only seen it movie i never learned <laughs> great stuff great stuff the, okay, so this was an action scene that did pay off, was when they first get into the High Evolutionaries sanctum control room, whatever, mm-hmm. and Groot unleashes hell with like all these tentacled all the guns. arms and gives Quill his guns. And God, I know we're going to talk more about these figures later, but Hasbro really shit the bet on their, their Groot, man. I, I haven't seen that one in person, but just the price is comical the price is stupid he should have been a build a figure the paint is garbola cra- mm. trashola garbage yo i just don't like the way this group looks he just looks weird to me well he it's and like, plus the mo- the thing you want this group to have are those tendrils with the guns yeah, yeah and they actually made two other versions hasbro made a bigger version Oh, I don't think I've seen the bigger one. And they made a smaller version. I have seen those smaller ones, and I almost bought those because he comes with Cosmo. I'm going to buy that. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to end up buying that and just say, like, fuck you for this Build-A-Figure. Well, because if you, you want to give me your, your parts, I'll, I'll I'll buy them from you. I have a Kraglin part. Yeah. Yeah. Hook it I'll up. my Kraglin part. Although I kind of want a Kraglin, so it's, it's like. <laughs> you kind of need Kraglin to complete the Guardians. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of disappointing we don't get a true Marvel Legends six-inch scale Groot with tendrils. You got to figure that's coming down the line because they made that, like I said, they made a smaller version uh, with a three-pack, and then they made a larger, like, 12-inch, you know, kind of like, what's that called where they just got the four points of articulation? The Titan Heroes. Titan Heroes. I mean, a Titan Heroes size. And so they don't mind. It's not that they mind having guns. Right. Like McFarlane and yeah, DC. Yeah, it's not the Warner Brothers thing. Yeah, it's just that they're like, oh, we can get people to buy two Groots. We'll get another Groot down the line I'm with sure. like the secret compartment or something. Yeah. yeah, or like just a new torso, Yeah, I would think, or plugs to go in. They'll do it whatever the cheapest way they can make it. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Um, but you know it wasn't cheap? These emotional beats in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. <laughs> See how it brought us back to that the movie? That was a beautiful segue. Um. Yeah, I, I um a lot of people are mad about Adam Warlock in this movie. Uh, well, he's justifiably so. He he's not the Adam the Adam Warlock that we know from the comics, who was basically the person who defeated Thanos in, in a lot of ways and was the keeper of the Infinity Stones in the comics after um, Infinity War. He was like a true Mary Sue, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like he showed up. I mean, he was he you was mean in cre- this movie. No, no, no. In the in the, uh, in the comics, like uh, he was created to defeat Thanos, right? Yeah. Like he was created as this perfect being, this yeah. infallible, literally he's, character. He's a genetically um, engineered being, which I like. One thing we didn't mention is how the Sovereign from the second film turns out were products of the High Evolutionary, yeah, who's the main yeah. bad in the third film and it's more James Gunn tying together everything. Yeah. Like there's no thread 
I think he planned left. it. He planned it all from the beginning. Um, Maybe he did. I. They have that nice throwaway line where the high evolutionary tells them that like they were just an experiment in uh, brainless beauty. Yeah, because he like uh, aesthetics. Oh, your whole your whole planet is nothing but a, a you know a failed experiment. Yeah, and she's just like. Like, that's one of the things I really liked about yeah. Aisha in this movie is that she's all put together in mm-hmm. the first movie. She's always perfectly beautiful yeah. and put together. And well, at the, not really. She gets at the very cool end, get to her. the very end of the second movie, after she's been defeated, she's laying, sitting on her throne with her head in her hands. Her hair is kind of messed up. Yeah. And then she's that, disheveled. that look carries on throughout the rest of this yeah. entire movie where her hair's in disarray. She's panicked and freaking the fuck out which is hard to do with that like gold makeup it's hard to like make facial expressions come through but she does and she did a great job uh will poulter i i don't have that attachment to adam warlock that a lot of comic fans do do. so i liked it i liked he was basically the ultimate weapon and then he turns out to be a doofus (laughs) just a a himbo because he's he was hatched prematurely they they have a perfectly plausible a plot point for that, why he's ineffective. He's basically taken the place of Nebula from the other films. Yeah, he's insanely powerful. He, you know, he he nearly kills Rocket the first time he sees him. Uh, just nearly kills Nebula. Blows up, you know, so much of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and it's only through kind of dumb luck that they get rid of him this first time. Um, yeah, I, I loved that, that he's like a baby. Yeah. He's just like a teen, little teenage kid with, with no intelligence behind his strength. And even he, as the secondary, almost throwaway character, has a little mini arc in the film. He does. He, he, he loses his mother. He gets angry. Uh, he finds out how to kind of control his emotions, and he's a force for good now. And at the end of the film, he's a legit guardian with the uniform and everything. Uh, to me, that's that diffuses any complaints about him not being the character that we wanted to, that people yeah. wanted to see because the, they gave him the opportunity to become that guy. Um, so, so going forward, if we do ever yeah. get Warlock and the infinity watch, he has an opportunity to grow into this very capable, very wise, you know, leader. And I, I'm, I'm kind of sad that James Gunn isn't going to be able to do that. Yeah. That's but a bummer. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to do to DC. Cause Maybe. I really liked his, Suicide Squad movie. I did too, and I so love Peacemaker. I, think, I feel like that's an under. Oh, and Peacemaker's so good. I I, I think we might finally get good DC comic book movies. <laughs> uh, like a like an, a United Universe. Yeah, because right? you yeah. know the Nolan verse. Not even really. We a got verse. a good Wonder Woman movie. We got a bunch of good Batman movies. I think we got we, some really good we... Superman movies. I'm just saying throughout time. The the right? Wonder Woman movie is part of the like the the universe, but like yeah. I don't think it really. It doesn't like fit in with the rest of it. It's weird. You're right. That's a good movie. The first one's good. I'm not trying to. Um, what are you sorry. contemplating? I, I guess I'm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just. I guess I mean, I'm. I'm like, excited to see the DCU look like the MCU. It might be a cohesive thing. That's what I'm excited I'm to see. I'm excited to see Batman and Wonder Woman. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I kind of liked Batman v Superman. I liked Blech. how Superman and Wonder Woman and all met there and defeated um, Doomsday. But anyway. I, I know I'm in the minority there. Whatever. Yeah, I did not release the Snyder cut again. Um, <laughs> who 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 else can we get to recut that fucking shit know. movie? Jeez. Can we can we make Justice League good? Who who could recut that to be good? I don't know. Somebody. 
Anybody? Martin Scorsese. Now we need the we need the uh, the Joss Whedon cut of uh, oh, Batman versus oh, Superman. Oh, puke. <laughs> um, oh boy, what was I even saying? Okay, so James Gunn doing an Infinity Watch saga would kind of would have been great. I, I agree, but I feel like and all the press you see for this movie, uh, everyone's saying like it's a great final chapter, but. If you hadn't been, if you're someone who's not watching the surrounding press from this, it does not feel like a final Guardians movie by any means. It's, no, well, it's, I mean, it straight up ends with the new team. Yeah, going off exactly to, to, to continue the, the old team is gone. Yeah, right. Gamora, OG Groot. Who's left from the new? It's Quill. just Rocket and and Groot, right? Well, it's a new group, and it's not even the same group. Yeah, so it's just Rocket, Prim- right? and he's the leader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the original... No, yeah. Well, Drax is still there, but Dave Bautista's made it pretty clear he's not coming well, back as Because, Drax. like, Nebula is is running nowhere. Drax yeah. is helping raise these Those children kids, that showed yeah. up. Gamora went back to the Ravagers. Star-Lord yeah. is with... The, uh, I guess Cosmo's... But Cosmo's not from the first team. No, he's so. not a first... Yeah, the only OG Guardians, MCU Guardians left are Drax and Rocket. But Drax isn't on the team. I don't know. He wasn't in that final yeah, shot. Yeah, that, that's all I mean. Was he? I, that's all I mean. I don't think so. I think he's Gosh, meant This to is have... why we should have seen it again. <laughs> it was God Groot, Rocket Raccoon, who I thought that was- He embraced the raccoon. He embraced I, it. I, I, I thought that sweet. was a good payoff to that running joke. Like It was. He legitimately didn't know he was a raccoon. The angry puppy is so cute, I'm going to die. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the crabby puppy. The crabby puppy Can is I so cute, I'm going to die. crabby puppy? Um, and then Drax petting him. After in the first film, just, and him just like realizing, like, oh, like no one had ever done that to him, no one had ever pet him like that. Um, tie, see, all, all ties, like, we're talking about the man. first, second, third film all together. It's, um, yeah, definitely Star Lord's coming back in some capacity, they make that clear, just not as a guardian. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what that'll mean because, I mean, you just got such a charismatic lead with Chris Pratt. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if they continue to use him. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they made a point to show that scene of him eating breakfast with his, with with his grandpa. grandpa. I, I would honestly be fine if we never see him again. It would be I mean, fine. I would I would be fine. Peter's done enough. He doesn't have to save the planet anymore. It's okay if he just retires. Well, he's taking time off from that. That's literally what his character says. Yeah, back, it's like, back to uh, the Dark Knight Rises. You know, yeah. Bruce Wayne gets to gets to retire with Catwoman if that's what he wants to do. But um, I, I'm eager to see what are we in Phase Four still? Or are we in Phase Five yet? I don't know. I'm eager to see what the what role the Guardians will play in the future because we've got. Everyone forgets about it. The Eternals. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, what's his name? Eros, who's Thanos's brother. Oh, um, is Harry that... Styles. Isn't the next the next big bad is Kang? Right, like that's what they maybe. Planned. Oh, right, with Jonathan Majors. Maybe. Are they gonna recast him? Well, I, we don't know. We gotta see. Hey, look, um, every Kang can be a different Kang. So right? we just get yeah. a different guy. Don't ever and address Quantum Mania. They love to make them all look like Jonathan Majors. Oh, they but, sure did. But maybe you know <laughs> they, they weren't. They didn't do a good enough background check on yeah. that guy. Um, <laughs> you can't. I mean, whatever. Um, so I'm curious to see what role the Guardians will play in the oncoming shenanigans of the MCU. I'm sure 
they're going to have some part of the Fantastic Four. I, I kind of wonder if Peter Quill is going to be part of the Fantastic Four. It'd be interesting. Um, I'm wondering how big or small his part is going to be. Um, what what I really love, uh, Gamora, Sylvester Stallone, Ravagers. I'd watch the side fuck movie. out of that. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, Disney Plus show. Fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, some other things I wanted to talk about. Emotional payoffs. What earlier I said this is the greatest comic book trilogy. I gave some you know, I think I think some reasonable uh evidence for that. But also here we've got clear cut emotional arcs for all the main characters. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not so much Groot. I, okay. Yes, no, maybe so, because the first Groot died. This is the new Groot. He and he grew up, and now he's what, like an, like a young adult Groot at the end. I don't know what you're gonna call that. He feels like an adult Groot. Yeah, he feels adult. He he's like he's, he's not making stupid decisions like he was yeah. as a teenager. Um, he just I actually think he's the most boring in this movie. He is that he is in any of them. Aside from that great action scene. Yeah, but even that doesn't. It's like yeah. it doesn't matter that it's Groot. There's no personality coming off it was cool that he was like he's creative with his his it's almost like when they um uh, when they got a new green lantern and kyle rayner showed up uh-huh. and he started making all these really creative constructs yeah. it's like this Groot is more creative with his yes use of his limbs and, and has stuff. other powers the big yeah. wings and all that stuff yeah. like that that was that was cool but previous Groot could release fireflies this Groot grows like axes and shit at the yeah, end and, yeah, yeah. and gets 12 feet tall instead of seven feet tall. So I, I think Groot maybe is the least interesting character, yeah, but I, he's still there and he's still important. The only the only chink in the armor of, of me saying it's the best trilogy is that it is a bit uneven with our main protagonist, which is Peter Quill. I think Peter Quill has a great first two films emotionally. Um, the bridge films further showcases love but one of the things that James Gunn has been kind of vocal about and they even have a um a great scene an exposition scene in volume 3 in the elevator where he's basically explaining how Gamora is still alive oh yeah 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 you could tell James Gunn really didn't want Gamora to die. That wasn't part of that his plan. That wasn't part of his yeah. trilogy, original plan. But he he pivoted. He did a great job of, of and, giving this new Gamora yes. a believable personality and making it make sense for her not to stay with the team yeah. at the end. Oh, absolutely. That was, absolutely. That was so well done. And But for, for Peter Quill, the main guy, so I'm going to stay on him for a second, and he um he found love. He... he, he he was able to love, right? He was mm-hmm. a gigolo because he couldn't let himself love. He found love. He lost it. The first act of volume three is really him just wallowing in his grief. Oh, yeah. And it, they do it beautifully. It takes like, the only thing that gets him to snap out of it is his best friend almost dying. And that's another thing. When did in the second film, he wasn't really buddy buddy with Rocket. And then in the bridge films, he was evaporated. <laughs> and that's another thing I didn't really buy was the Rocket Quill bond. It's more unspoken, it's, and it's very few scenes. I'll agree that it's a little weak. I think that the end of part two does a, a fairly good job of them uh, realizing that they're that they are family. Like by the end of part two, they yeah. are. But I'll 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 give you that it does feel a little unearned for yeah, him to say that's my best friend. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah, and um. 
but it makes a good running joke where joke where Drax says he oh, I'm your best friend. Um and I guess it kind of makes sense. I just would have liked a a scene where they really were best friends. Yeah. I mean, it's okay for him not to be like, his best Nebula's friend. Cuz like Nebula's kind of taking care of him in nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. Rocket is taking care of nowhere, which I guess would be Quill's quote-unquote main job or whatever. Um the the thing that I think makes it fine like you don't have to worry about it is that mm-hmm. it's still his family. It's you know it, yeah. it's it's it, even if it's not your best friend if your brother or your sister got yeah. mortally wounded you'd you'd snap out of whatever ennui you were in and you'd go to help yeah. them. Yeah, I'm know? I'm playing devil's advocate here to my own theory like okay, here's something people could say that could chip away at sure, my theory sure. the best um superhero trilogy. But I think Quill's arc is reached ultimately where he's like okay i was looking for love i found it i lost it now let me look at me like and that's we don't know like he's just got to sit with himself and be like hey i've just been like jumping and jumping and jumping and i don't have an idea of where i want to land let alone where i will land and i think that's a very valid place for a lot of people like no matter what stage of life you're in yeah so i think it's an understated um conclusion for his arc where it's like hey you know i don't have to be some spaceship flying superhero let me like let, let me just figure out what i have to be yeah i can just that. spend yeah. time with my family and just enjoy the little things yeah uh i rewatching one and two made me sympathize much more uh with quill and how he is at the beginning of part three, I didn't feel as much uh, sympathy for him mm-hmm. because in my brain, it's been a really long time since Gamora died. Yeah. Cause it's been what, five years or something since yep. that happened, but it's supposed to have basically just happened. Or yep. even if it didn't just happen, it'd be like if my wife died, Yeah. how long would it take me to get over yeah. that? Would I ever get over yeah. that? Um, and then what if, some other person that was essentially them showed up and I felt like, Oh my God, the person I lost, why don't like, you love me? You're how do you, yeah. how do you wrestle with that? It's, it's, it's a, you have to be an infinity stone situation. scientist to figure that out. Um, so obviously we all, we had really strong feelings about this movie. Are there any more toys that we need to discuss? And I know there's some, some left outs that we have to, we have to talk about. Oh yeah. You've got, you've got all the, le- the, the <laughs> obvious left outs. Um, we talked a, a little bit about the Lego sets, but what, what Lego sets did they So do? they've got, which I think is a great deal. Oh my God. If I was a kid. Okay. Well, let's back up here. Uh, the guardians are generally PG 13 ish kitty movies. They've all been PG 13. Yeah. Right? What yeah. do you think about this one and bringing a kid to see this? Like, I would I not know. want my kid to see the the, the animal cruelty and yeah. the, the the I mean I, I don't know it's such a personal thing for me because yeah. I I love animals I love all animals and when any animal dies I'm fucked up so it, it's it's hard to look at it from a balanced perspective like kids need to understand about loss yeah loss is a thing that they need to deal with but what age do they I don't think I would take a six year old to see this the, but. God. I say that, and my parents let me watch Rambo, so I don't know what the fuck. Well, right, but killing a bunch of people, like, random, all, like, Rambo is a bunch of just, like, Stallone points his gun at people and they fall down. 
it's not like you get to know that Viet Cong soldier and you fall in love with uh, him. You got to know his girlfriend, <laughs> and that's why he has the red bandana because like, it was peeps of see, her dress. We care about her dying, but yeah. we don't give a shit about all the other anyway. No. Uh, but but yeah, like that scene where Tiefs, Lila, and Flora Four. get killed is just so devastating. Yeah. Because you know what's coming. The whole movie, you know yeah. they're going to die in some horrific way. Well, I don't think a kid could handle that. I don't I, I, don't I wouldn't want to have to deal with that. I'll put it that Just, way. Uh, a friend of mine posted pictures of him taking his uh, daughter who's in... She just finished fourth grade, so she's going into fifth. And I'm wondering if that's more the appropriate age. I think a fourth or fifth grader could probably handle this. I just, but also, if your did, kid I loves Guardians and Groot, you know? how are you going to stop them from seeing it? You know, I'm just thinking about... Uh, it, it's it's weird, right? Because like, at, on, on one hand, you have these beautiful, adorable characters. They're cute and weird and creepy, and we've spent all this time with them. I agree with the creepy adjective out of all You don't of think those. they're cute? You didn't think they were cute? Oh, no. I mean, the otter, yeah, okay, it's an otter. They're cute, man. But floor I, and teeths, no. I, I uh-uh. thought they were cute, and, and they're adorable and lovable. And then a spider bunny. No, the the scene the scene where they die is just so devastating. Yeah, the way it happens, it's like it's it's almost like Rocket feels like it's his fault because he started oh, he to break totally him out. Totally feels like it's his even fault. though the guy set it up from the begin with. Like, can a kid process that and like understand well, maybe what's going they on? Wouldn't have to because that would that part would just go over their head. Maybe right? so. Um, uh, maybe I, it's affecting us emotionally because we're just emotional people. I, dude, I had a real existential moment in, in the theater watching that where uh, there's there's the part where Rocket's about to die and he's like seeing his friends in, in, like, uh-huh. in heaven or the afterlife or whatever. Okay, are we going to talk about that part? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sitting here starting to cry while a cartoon raccoon and a cartoon otter, otter. are hugging each other. In fake in, Marvel heaven, whatever around, that was. You know, hundreds of other people, and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this is a cartoon rabbit and a cartoon, but it 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 fucked me up, man. That I think that talk about self indulgent. That I thought that was pretty self indulgent. Really? I, yeah, because it's like you're putting now now the MCU's got to deal with the afterlife. Oh well, but you could I, argue like, it's an it's an uh, hallucination that you know he you could, but he's, he it's it's his brain firing as he's like starting to die and all this. It's stuff. not portrayed that way at all. Yeah, it's it's like Harry Potter meeting Dumbledore and <laughs> Wizard Heaven. It's yeah. just weird. Yeah. It's a little out of place, right? I guess. And it's um, there was that line earlier where I think it was it was either Mantis or Nebula says, but what about the hands that guide the hands? that create us. So like who's guiding the high evolutionary, right? Mm. Um, I, I just personally don't like that when, when my sci-fi gets into the theological. That's fair. But cause it's, it's hard to do it well. It's, I think it's, it was it's difficult to do it well. It was so uh, they didn't focus on it. No, a whole no, lot. it was that one. It was just that one. He, scene. he never even addresses it afterward. He's not like I saw Lila. I, yeah, and, I think you know, I think you could gloss over it very easily. But I think it's, it's fine. now it's there. Yeah, and then when you get into the route, like with Moon Knight and the afterlife, you know, mm-hmm. that which I think is more digestible because it, it's a religion that has been gone for what 
thousands of years. Well, and if I, it's been a little while since I watched Moon Knight, but it, the way it's treated in that, I believe it's it's almost like it's just treated like another world, right? Like well, it's that's just what an, they say. Like whatever you believe is the realm you go to. Yeah, it's so like, it's like this is just a different dimension that has its own set of rules that, you know, instead of dying, your yeah. your god takes you there. Or I I yeah. don't know. I agree that the in, in, introducing theology to to the MCU is kind of it's sticky tough, at best, right? But I, I didn't take it as anything as serious as that. Yeah. But I, I totally get where you're coming but from. But what I did really like was that, and I felt like almost cheated by. And I mentioned this before with Ant Man was like I expected like a character I love to die. I'm really glad no one no one died. Am I? I don't know. Like if you're not gonna bring back this team, like I, I feel like. I feel like Drax could have died, but why would you want him to die? I know, but that's I, I, I don't know. I just I, I, I think the I get I get I, what you're saying. Because I have all these emotions, and there's nothing tangible. There's nothing an event to lock it onto that I can get over it or get past it. It's just trauma. It's just like yeah, bad yeah. shit happened, well, and I feel bad. <laughs> they you know? faked this out hard in that trailer. Oh, that, they did the scene of everybody carrying uh, Quill Quill to to bed with like this mournful music over, which it. was a great That's opening a with him just out. being passed out drunk. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> Have you seen the there's a behind the scenes where they talk about the dummy they made. So that's like um Karen Gillan like this pixie of a woman. Right, she's not going to carry carrying like uh, a 25 30 pound prosthetic and they show it and everyone's just like holy it looks exactly like Chris Pratt like That's pretty awesome. individual hairs and everything and they did it just for that shot. Um That's great cuz I would have assumed they would just CG CGI it right on a, on a dummy or, something, or something, but it's it's such a good shot, and it's just like maybe I don't know, maybe it's the best film because it's the most like life, where it's just like bad shit happens, and you just gotta fucking get over it. You gotta move through it. That that is one of the you points. can't just like it's not, and it's not even just like mourn the loss of a loved one, right? Because grief comes in stages and then if you're lucky you've got um a support system to help you work through it absolutely and you know the fortitude and strength to to help yourself work through it as well but you know as we know that that's neither here nor that doesn't happen for a lot of people but um with this film it's just like you're not necessarily mourning you're just like sad shit happens like peter left uh we found out rockets horrific origin story um this the dude the scene where they're after they unlock all the data and they're like trying to connect it to him uh-huh. to save him and they're all seeing all the things yeah. that have happened to him was just to see his family realize right. what he's been through yeah. and they're all just like devastated by and it and just like was the helplessness like if you've ever i mean we don't have we're not going to get into it here but we both have we we both have ex Experience trauma through people we love. Yeah, yeah. And that is almost worse. I mean, I don't want to say it's worse because it's just like, it's that, like, you can't make it You're better. helpless. You're absolutely helpless. Like, at least if it's your trauma, you can work on yourself yeah. and help yourself feel better and all. But when it's someone you love and you just got to, like, eat the shit. Yeah. You just got to, like, eat the shit and know that, like, you're never going to be able to swallow it. It's no. just going to always, you just got to get used to the taste. This person that you care about has been through things that you can't even imagine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yep. brutal. Um, 
And so maybe that's why it was just like not as, even with that Florence ending, I'm just like, I'm left with this big ball, you know, and maybe people who can't relate to that type of trauma will enjoy this film more or less. I don't know. It's but, it, it's a tough movie, I think, all around. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm excited to watch it again and talk yeah. about it some more uh, because I think that knowing knowing the outcome yeah. of the trauma, of the bad stuff, yeah. will make it easier to, to deal with the bad to stuff. Enjoy, you said that earlier. And enjoy the good stuff. Like, so, so, yeah, we, we fucking loved this movie. We love this trilogy of uh, movies. It's all we together. love these characters. We, we do need to talk a little bit more about the toys from oh, part three. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Before we get to a wrap-up. I keep getting digressed. So we did so, we did talk about the Marvel Legends. We, we talked about them and our complaints, but uh, we didn't quite get into the Legos. Right, I and I diverted myself here when I asked you, would you take a kid to this film? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. about to talk about this, and then we got on that whole tangent. It is interesting to think about these toys that are like, yeah, expressly children's toys. So, the Bowie set, which is the new, the new ship, it's. I know it's. It sounds ridiculous to say this, but it's only a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and for a Lego set of this size, that is a deal and a half. Like, if you've got a kid in your life who likes Guardians, this is going to blow their... Like, get them this set. Like, this is the birthday present. This is the Christmas present. This is just because you love them. Um, It comes with Adam Warlock, Quill, Mantis, Drax, and Nebula in uniform minifigs. Um, They've also got another set, which is... Baby Rocket's little escape ship that he makes to when he first escapes the oh, High yeah. Evolutionary. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Um, and it's thirty five bucks. That that's overpriced. That's even for Lego. That's one mini figure and a little mini fig. Mini yeah. fig. Wait for that to micro go on clearance. Fig? Is that what they call it? Micro fig. Yeah. Wait for that to go on clearance. It's a micro fig baby. Yeah. Uh, rocket. Um, and then you get a set with uh, which is uh, it's like. You know, a minifig set. You get a quill and a Groot, and it's ten bucks. And you get the Guardian sign in that alien language for, that they put up in nowhere at the very oh, beginning cool. of the film. I like that. Uh, it's only those three sets so far. Um, I'm I'm guessing they're probably not going to make more just because of all the things we talked about. Like Ravager ship would be the thing I'd want most that's left for for Lego to make. I think. Um, other than the Dark Aster, which. Yeah. We're not kidding that. Well, you got your $600 bootlego set. Ugh, go for yeah. that one. Uh, so the things that I wish they would have made that they, yeah. they didn't make, I'm looking for a Marvel Legends, Lila, Teefs, and Floor three-pack. Yeah. Just the Wallow and Sadness three-pack. Yeah, yeah they probably never make that. Um, I would love it if they made the fucking gross sumo guards. The, like, yeah. from the organic planet. Like, like squishy material? Yeah, the... the uh, you made the callback to the Baron Harkonnen. Yeah. That's the perfect comparison. Yeah. Um, I was calling him a sumo suit because it looks yeah. like, you know, that when you go They're wrestle your tone. friends. Yeah, but it's got the little rockets uh, on it. I would love a little Nathan Fillion and then maybe like the 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 dumb guard, you know. Yeah. Just give me a couple different versions. Just like that, and then you could pop the heads on, like yeah. to switch them. The helmet. Know, army and, building. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. All right, so I don't think you're going to get your – your Wii three Hasbro toys. (laughs) No, probably not. Uh, it was there anybody that like you, I actually, I thought of one other one that's not in our notes. Uh, Uh, I would really like a multi-pack of them in their 
uh, beautifully colored spacesuits. Oh, yes. Um, I liked those outfits better than the yes. Guardians uniforms. That was a straight 2001 Space Odyssey pull. Those suits, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it. Like, um, But they need sound chips. Yeah. <laughs> they need to have voice chips. Yeah, so like, yeah. Hello. <laughs> so uh, that's the last toy thing that I, I we're probably not going to get them, but. Nah. I would really like that. Wait, from, well, actually, from that. that we might, because that could be a lot of reuse for Hasbro. So that would be great. Um, yeah, the Sovereign, the, um, not the Basilisk. What's that giant monster called? The ab- ab- Oh, the Abolisk. Abolisk. Dude, if that's the next Haslam. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're not even going to make a Rancor. You think they're going to make it's, an Abolisk? We, we don't have a Rancor, oh. but we have a three-pack of Abolisks, <laughs> and they come with a little saddles on them so that so that Mantis, Drax, and Nebula can And light them. features for the batteries once Fuck, they eat them. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, dude, I think we, uh, I know we covered this uh, in way more detail than we ever planned to. Oh, we have digressed more Um, than ever, which is saying a lot for uh, our verbaceous, verbose, loquacious selves. I made a new word, verbaceous. Verbocious. Verbose and loquacious. I I think we did a really good job of, like, I'm really proud of the the deeper things that we got to. And some of it wasn't even on our outline. No. We just kind of got there organically. They're just very rich films. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we would unabashedly say that we love them. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's the, I, I say this with no sense of irony. I, they're the best superhero trilogy we've gotten so far. I mean, I'll argue with that. I'll, like, anybody wants to debate on that, I will debate you on that. It's at least a fun discussion. It's yeah. not like, I mean, hey, you're just stupid for thinking I that. haven't thought about, like, every trilogy in cinema history, but for what we've gotten so far in superheroes, I think James Gunn has not perfectly done a trilogy, but he's done it the best yet so far. Yeah, totally agree. And I, I hope... I mean, you know, he's going off to DC. I hope he gives us the best trilogy ever yet in DC. I hope he surpasses himself. I hope um, Guardians is a precursor, not yeah. not the cherry on top. We I, go back and we're like, huh, do we think Guardians was the best trilogy? Oh my, did you see what he did with the Wonder Twins? <laughs> it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a DC fan. Um, Maybe for the first time in, in, in ever. No, it was exciting before, and just a lot of valleys, not so many peaks. Um, no. But yeah, so enjoyed. I'm glad we talked about this. Me too. We talked about it way more than we planned to. This was an awesome mix of podcasting. Awesome mix, volume fourteen. appreciate you listening to us here on toy trauma and if you want to get a hold of us somehow we're available all over social media we've got a facebook page uh, for the toy trauma podcast you can reach us at salesaurus on facebook instagram and twitter and if you enjoyed hearing john and i talk there's another podcast where you can hear us do just that mostly john though it's called six figures two vehicles and a playset find it wherever you find your podcasts on apple amazon and spotify And if you'd like to uh, meet these handsome devils in person, you can come out to Showcase Comic Con number seven. 
on June 24th and 25th at the Harbor Center in Slidell, Louisiana. Slidell. We're going to have some awesome guests. We're going to have voice actress Liz Ortiz, Batman legendary artist Mike DiCarlo. If you know Death in the Family, you know his work. And we're going to have the original Shazam, Jackson Bostwick. And for all of you wrestling and G.I. Joe fans, the great Sergeant Slaughter will be there. Listen up, you baggots! 